Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for New World. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I am chuckling, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, with this particular program, the universe apparently is going to make this a pretty impressive and incredible program because of the uh, high-level technical issues that we have had to resolve And uh, in spite of the fact that I am absolutely 100% okay with calling the guy uh, for if the washer needs to be fixed and I don't have the expertise, I'm calling the guy. And, of course, if my computer doesn't work, I'm calling the guy. Well, there was no guy to call, and all it was was just had it's like got to completely disconnect, completely reboot, and start from scratch. And here we are on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for joining us here on the program. And I also want to thank our very special guest who has been the epitome, the absolute saint of patience. Uh, Her name is uh, Eileen Bild, and she's been on the program before back in January 2020 as we began 2020, the year of perfect vision. And we were talking about some uh, uh, stories that she had shared uh, in the book Chaos to Clarity, published by SacredStoriesPublishing.com. I want to thank you for your patience and for joining me here on this program today. You're welcome. Hey, you know, technology, it is what it is. <laughs> but hey, we're, we're together now, right? Here we are. We're rolling right along. And uh, now, <clears throat> first of all, I would like to touch upon uh, the writing that you have done. Now, I, I again, I did mention, of course, uh, Sacred Stories and uh, the Chaos to Clarity book, uh, Stories of Transformational Change yes. uh, that you contributed. And I'd like for you as uh, you go ahead and do what you're going to do. Oh, okay. I was going to say I'd like for you, if you could, when uh, uh, when we get started here to share with us a little bit about uh, those stories that were put into that book. Uh, I also am very much aware because I got the email from SacredStoriesPublishing.com that they are actually going to be putting together book two, which is very exciting. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and they, they did ask me to be a part of that. Yeah, I, um, and it's going to right and it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of folks who are going to want to share their stories and and so forth and um so i would like for you to share with us uh, your writing ability and uh, i am i am going to make uh, you don't worry you've got plenty of time there just take your time i'm i'm going to ask you to share with us the the uh, uh the essence of um eileen builds writing career if you will um, I'm curious as to, I've heard this before, some people have muses, uh, some people have special places where they go uh, that they get inspiration from. Uh, maybe they will, med- I don't know, maybe they meditate for a short period of time before they start writing. Others, they make the commitment, I'm getting up every morning at such and such a time and I am going to write, oh, five pages or a thousand words or whatever the the the, the parameter is uh, and I'm going to do that because it's important and I'm going to tell the stories that are important to me and so forth and so on uh, and infinitum so I'm curious as to your I guess maybe the best way to put it is I'm curious as to your process you know my process is one of um, inspiration so I find that my best writing is in the wee hours of the night to one, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. There's something about I'll wake up and then all of a sudden um, I'm just inspired to write. And for me, that that's the best channeling of just allowing whatever is meant for me to bring out. Uh, creatively. It's not necessarily something I have to think. And it just flows. It's like automatic writing. And then I could just write page after page after page. And then I go back and tweak it and, and improve on it. But there's something about the way that I write where I have this like, uh, really deep connection with that 
part of us and part of the universe that's all connected, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you are writing and you're tapping into that connection to the universe, uh, to the divine self, uh, as we have been promoting, and you're very much aware of 2020, the year of perfect vision, going within, using that vision to build on the outside, if you will. Because, uh, again, everything uh, everything in the universe, as, as it is said metaphorically or metaphysically, I should say, everything in the universe came first from a thought. And that's how we create, from a thought. Sometimes there's a, an emotion and... Um, uh, and and that's really important in, in this sense that even the word itself, emotion, E and motion, uh, it, that's the driving force behind what we build uh, and so forth, what we create. So it starts out with a thought. What are the focal points for you? What, what's the, the, the main, shall we say, subject that you seem to be writing most about because sometimes writers they they will say well you know i just write what comes out i i really don't have any control over it it's just i I, whether i like it or not that's what happens i'm not necessarily speaking of automatic writing but i'm just saying that if you're tapping into the universe then doesn't the universe tend to just kind of give you what the universe wants to have you eileen build put out absolutely And uh, over the years, it seems to always be tied to self-empowerment, having a voice, speaking up, um, you know, uh, personal development, anything that's going to allow you to feel good about yourself and at the same time understanding your connection, not just with your own sense of being, but the connection with the world and the people around you. So it's communication, it's um, understanding, it's listening. So any of my um, articles that I write, I also have an ebook on my website and of course the contribution to this book. It's all about being empowered and what does it mean to be empowered? What does it mean to live life to the fullest? What does it mean to be fulfilled? And that we do have a choice. We have a choice to step into our authenticity and really tap into our core blueprint in order to live life in the way that really we we are born into to live. And, you know, a lot of people kind of miss out on that in life. And they're they're too caught up in what's going out in the outer world, what's going on in the outer world. And they forget to tune into themselves to really see how they can live life through their choices, through their thinking, their belief systems and perceptions. And I agree with you 100%. Everything everything starts with a thought. And then when the thought arises, we have an emotional attachment. And then based on that attachment is uh, how we move forward with the actions that we take. Mm. Well, I, I have to say that um, the, the process you've just described is probably more needed, more necessary right now than at any time in human history from the standpoint of what's happening in the world, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I, and I think this time out that we're having, this pause... We could say it's twofold that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wake up call for us to take a look at who we are as humans and the humanity that we have uh, within ourselves, within, within our work environments, within our relationships and how are we really treating not only others, but how are we treating ourselves? You know, are we um, being positive in, in our thinking and how much confidence and self-esteem do we have to be able to live life to the fullest and you know so many people live in a way that they've been influenced by the people around them and they're basing their actions and the way they think and the way they interact on what someone might have said to them that might have been a little demeaning or derogatory 
and they take that on and they own that, but it's not who they are. So we have, we, we have a lot of people walking around with all these levels and layers and uh, they're not in their authentic self. So my particular experience has been where I was not in my authentic self and it caused a uh, debilita debilitating condition in fibromyalgia. And it wasn't until I, I had that aha moment where, all right, I have to decide, do I wanna stay in this uh, condition, in this state, or do I wanna get out? And I made the decision I wanted to get out. I did not like, I did not like living the way I was living or the way that I was, I was being, um, oh, I don't wanna say forced to live, you know, all the symptoms that come with fibromyalgia was tenfold and then some. And it was when my sons, my oldest said to me, mom, why don't you smile anymore? And I was always a very positive, happy, go lucky giving person. And I didn't realize that although I was trying to hide my pain and everything I was going through, my son could see right through it. And that broke my heart. And that was a turning point for me to say, okay, I have to take charge of my life. I cannot let anything external to me define who I am, what I choose to do. And I needed to rediscover who I was. And so the last 15, 20 years has been um, building on that platform, the core blueprint of who I am, my authenticity, and really stepping fully into who she is and then bringing that into the world through the work that I do. When we got together back in January to talk about the stories that you contributed to Chaos to Clarity, as we, as we kicked off uh, 20, uh, as we talked about 2020, the year of perfect vision, um, it's one of those things that uh, I thought about for a long time. I really did. I thought about it uh, and, of course, kicked it off in September and of 19, 2019. And I really thought, wow, when this book came along, Chaos to Clarity, I thought, what a great match. This is perfect. This is exactly what we want, you know. Right. And, and it really was quite a profound experience for me to actually have come across people who were actually asking people to do that very thing, to stop, to, to look and listen and be a part of, uh, uh, be a part of humanity in a different way. And I have to say that when the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, uh, came on the scene, uh, one of the first things that I did when I heard what, what the first action they were going to take because they realized this was this was serious. And the only reason it was serious was because they had no vaccine. They had no treatment. But they did something totally different. And I thought, I've been on this planet for 60 years. I have seen influenzas come and go year after year after year. In the last 40 years, I have not had a flu shot, maybe even longer. I don't get flu shots because I want to support my immune system. I want to strengthen that uh, army, if you will. That's where the battle is won, not with introducing stuff from the outside. That's my perspective. And, that's, uh, and I don't put that on anybody else. That's just for me. But when they did that, I thought, wow, finally, they're going to do something different. They're finally, and they're not going to get the same result this time because they're doing something different. And the different that they, different thing that they did was they were actually going to do something. And they were telling people to stay home. And they were telling people to social distance and wash their hands regularly and so forth. Um, that seems to be a big problem with human beings is that and I've said this before, correct me if I'm wrong, if my observation is maybe a little flawed, but if the planet Earth were to hold any kind of a seminar or workshop for the universe, it would be on crisis management because we have no idea how to prevent things. We only deal with them once it's gotten to the critical stage. 
Your thoughts? Yes. Well, um, I think in that retrospect, you are correct because this was something we were totally unprepared for as a world to handle something in the way that the powers that be responded to it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people will say, well, it's not any worse than the flu. And then other people will say it's worse than the flu. So it all depends on someone's perspective and how they're experiencing the epidemic, the pandemic. So, you know, humans in general, we can all experience the same thing, but we will not all have the same response or see it in the same way. And that's a challenge. And because we have such ready um, uh, availability of information to us, um, we can't always make a conscious decision in the moment. We have to be able to, to study and understand, understand where we're coming from and our experience and understand where other people are coming from and, and not bring any judgment, criticism, and uh, the division that, that has happened with this particular experience that we're all having. You know, we're all in this together, but yet the response to it is not all the same. And for me, I've, I've learned to live life from the perspective of uh, things happen and we can look at it as on the scale of polarity. So just as there's hot and cold and it's just different levels or degrees of hot and cold. Mm -hmm. In life, we have different levels of degree of experience. And some people have horrendous, horrible, just unfathomable experiences where other people will not have that. And those who don't have it could never understand, would never be able to understand what a person who has the opposite end of the spectrum kind of experience. So think about the world as a whole is on this spectrum and you have some people not affected at all. You have some people who have been unfortunately really um, profoundly affected, losing someone. And then you have the people in the middle. And I don't believe, you know, anywhere along the line there, there's right or wrong, good or bad. It, it's the experience itself. And then how are we as a mass consciousness, as a mass group of people moving ourselves through this experience so that when we come out the other side, what's the result going to be? So that wake up call is a higher awareness of, are we going to come out doing the same things that we've been doing up to this point and therefore uh, possibly have the same experience? Or are we going to learn something and when we come out the other side, behave differently, uh, implement changes that will allow us to be better prepared next time for any kind of uh, chaotic experience? And, you know, it, it really hits home and hits hard in who are we? Who are we as, as individuals? Who are we as a group? And who are we as a, as a national, international organ organism? And how are we all going to be moving forward together to make things better and not go back to the old ways? Well, it's um, quite an extraordinary uh, opportunity for all of us uh, to really learn from what's going on around us, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about you. I've been through personal growth and development programs, okay? I know what they're like. Um, this, is, this is a global one. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. This yes. is a global one. And uh, it's really fascinating how... Um, people are basically, you know, responding to it uh, in in a way that, you know, may or may not be uh, working too well. You know, I mean, a lot of people are out there fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> and now they're fighting over meat. 
I, you know, I know, and I, I have to say that as much as I hate putting the blame on the media, if the media wouldn't talk about the stuff the way that they're doing, it's one thing to report what's happening. It's another thing to report something that isn't happening. And um, <laughs> and then they create an even bigger problem than we had before. Uh, and I, I received an email from one of my uh, guests on this program, uh, Dr. Richard London. And he sent me this email that basically said, there is a greater, more destructive virus than the coronavirus. It's ignorance, fear, and lack of faith. And I thought, wow, is that not profound? Because it's like, I know, uh, Eileen, you don't want to get it. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather get the COVID virus, COVID-19 virus, than have the ignorance, fear, and lack of faith. I've been optimistic from the very beginning of this thing. I just have felt there are great opportunities. Let's talk about... Uh, maybe in specifics, maybe just in general, but let's talk about the specifics of this this time of opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Again, it, it's it's the coin. It all depends on what side of the coin are you allowing yourself to be on. Yeah. Is it the fear and and the uh, getting into stress or is it going to be, well, let's look at what the opportunities are. What can I, actions can I take? And again, back to the thinking, what can I think in order to uh, be present in this experience and be able to move through it? Now, some people, you know, they, they are in a position where no matter what they say or what they, they may not be able to um, be as positive as other people who may have a situation where they're not going to be as negatively impacted. So again, it's that variable of, of where were you in your life prior to this happening? And no matter that place you're at, um, there is always that choice of how to, um, to look at it in a positive way as best you can. And I do not focus on the news. I don't focus on uh, the COVID uh, information. I've been focusing on what do I need to do now to be better prepared and better in a better position in place when all this ends. And at the same time, I've taken precaution to make sure that um, I don't put myself at risk. And so I, um, I've had a lot of opportunity present itself so that we will actually be coming out ahead when we come out of this than when we were where we were before. Mm -hmm. You know, and that seems kind of contrary. It's like, well, yeah, but Eileen, are you kidding me? How can you come out ahead after being sequestered at home and then doing this and having to be forced to do this, that and the other thing? Uh, and on and on and on. And again, it's, it does go back to what you just said. It all depends upon which side of the coin you choose to uh, you choose to look at. Are there methods or steps or is there some practice that uh, you use uh, in order to do that, in order to uh, foster that vision, if you will? Uh, of uh, of optimism uh, over just thinking about as you as you used uh, they're your words not mine uh, thinking <laughs> about <laughs> thinking about uh, us coming out ahead. Yes, so my my daily I guess you could say ritual is when I get up in the morning um, I will go sit out on the porch. And our porch is overlooking a lake, so we're very lucky. Oh. So I have nature right there. The sun is on the other side, but, um, you know, the world is waking up right in front of me. All the animals that live on the lake and by the lake, uh, you know, it, it's a time of contemplation. 
And I've learned just through my own experience and the work that I do, I, I don't need to go anywhere other than where I want to take myself. So I just focus on what do I need to do today? What, what do I want to do? What do I choose to do? And over like a four-week period, I had made so many connections and um, just it's just been phenomenal and amazing for us because uh, we, we are growing. We are not stagnant. We're not... Um, being held back, we are actually growing in many different ways with, with our Roku channel, uh, with our video work, with uh, my coaching, you know, everything that, that we are involved in in our life uh, has actually expanded through this experience. So it's been interesting to watch and interesting to participate in. And I think part of what's helped me is I do not uh, have my eyes and my ears glued to the news. I follow the headlines and if something interests me, I will read it and then I will I will sit back and I will decide, well is that does that resonate with me? Does it do I feel good about what I'm reading? Does it does it have an impact on me? And nine times out of ten it does not. So you know I pay attention to what is going on. So I know whatever I choose to do, I'm in alignment with what's being asked of us to do. So, um, you know, I haven't looked at it as I've lost my freedom and I'm cooped up and I'm jailed and I'm, I'm in this box. I've looked at, at it as what can I do in my hours and my days so that uh, I can be continue to be successful and continue to bring the positive in my life that was coming before this event. And, uh, and I wear a mask when I go out to the grocery store. So I, I, I follow the protocol and I'm okay to follow that because I know it has a purpose mm -hmm. and I'm not looking at it as, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's against me. I understand that it's, it's there because it's to protect me and to protect those around me. What would you say to someone who says to you, uh, the, but it's a government overreach. They've gone too far. They're, 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 they're telling us that, you know, of these things that we need to do. We don't really need to do this because look at the numbers. They just don't add up. And, and, and it's not as serious as they say. How would you respond to someone like that? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, numbers apply to everything. And. It's not easy to be in a leadership position when you're trying to please everybody. And you've got two opposing forces right now and um, people wanting to get out and get back to work and get back to normalcy, which I totally get that. And then you've got those who are um, uh, of the mindset that, you know, we need to make sure that everything is in place so that it doesn't have a resurgence. So then you have to ask, well, who's right? I mean, who's, who's got the correct uh, way of approaching it? Do we need to get the economy back on track? Absolutely. I mean, it's devastating for everybody, but I have the ability to have this inner knowing and this, this kind of, I guess, um, just an acceptance that as long as I'm taking steps and I'm thinking in a positive way that whatever has been chosen outside of me, um, uh, I can adapt my choices and adapt to what they're doing. Do I agree with everything? No, I don't. But I also have to look at what are their choices and what if, we opened up everything again and people are still coming down with the virus and it resurges and we have to go through this pandemic all over again. Yeah. What then? So, you know, the unknown is scary. There, there's, there, there's still an unknown. We don't know what's going to happen, whichever way it ultimately goes. And, you know, we're not used to being, 
cooped up. We're not used to being told what to do as a free society. And so it's testing our ability to, to really um, step up to the plate and, and bond together as one unit to get through this and not be so divided and have such um, chaos, continue chaos. Um, you said something, I think, you said something extremely important early on there uh, that I learned years ago. It's not easy to implement, but I certainly do understand it, and I encourage people to think about it now, and that is this. When the outside world begins to contract, as it has been for the last, let's just say, two months, the last thing you want to do is contract, which is contrary to every fiber in your being, maybe. You want to expand. And that doesn't necessarily, oh, hey, I'm going to go out and buy a house today and a car and a boat and a plane and so forth. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You have to maintain the attitude of expansion. Because if you contract... And then everybody else contracts, then the contraction gets even worse. And we will have basically what, you know, they, everybody has been saying, we're going to have something worse oh, than the Great Depression. And I'm sitting here going, no, we're not. No, we are not. We are going to move forward. We're going to, and I want to say we're going to bounce back, but I want to use some other phrase other than that uh, because um, we... Human beings adapt. That's what we do. My life has been a series of adaptations. Uh, when I first came into this world as a blind, uh, legally blind boy, uh, then I got a lens implant and I was able to drive. I had to uh, readapt. I moved to Santa Barbara, had to readapt. I mean, one of my key phrases out here in Santa Barbara, because we lived in the rural area up on a hill, was my kingdom for flat land. <laughs> it's, it's so darn hilly. Drove me crazy. But I'd like your perspective on this concept of expansion versus contraction and going in the opposite direction uh, of what we're being told is happening or what that we should do, you know, hold on to your money and, and, and so forth. And again, uh, I'm not speaking of being frivolous. So my wife and I, we're, we're kind of holding on, but we're not stopping our lives. Yes. Um, uh, a quick story is coming to mind. And, and I learned about this recently. So if you think about a butterfly and a chrysalis, it's wrapped up mm -hmm. and it's, it's sitting dormant until it's ready to come out of that chrysalis and spread its beautiful wings. And I learned recently that there's more to it than that. That, it, that expansion actually has a contraction as part of the beginning. So what really happens in that chrysalis is the butterfly totally dismantles itself and rebuilds in order to expand and break free of that chrysalis. So guess what's happening now, right? Yeah. There's a dismantling happening. Mm -hmm. Things are, things are, you know, being torn apart and, and um, shifted and changed in order for, I believe, that transformation, we can call it a transformation of moving forward. Because I think in, in some ways in that bigger picture, we were kind of stuck, you know, we were stuck where we were. And and when, when something is stuck, the energy builds and it's gotta go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So this pause is that explosion of going outward and that expansion to allow us to, to take that butterfly stage of coming out of the chrysalis to transform and become better people, become better versions of ourselves, versions of communities, versions of a world 
You know, why does history have to repeat itself? It doesn't. It does not have to. And someone somewhere at some point in the in the life of humanity and humans, that shift, that transformation will take hold. Because if you think of any kind of traumatic experience from as far back as we know of human existence, there's there's along the timeline times a transformation. But yet we keep doing the same things over and over causing us to go through that chrysalis stage into a new transformation. And has anything changed? You know, we still have war. We still have jealousy. We still have um, you against me. I'm better than you. We still have all those kinds of ideologies. And I think this, this, I know that this pause has caused a lot of people to take a look at that whether it's in themselves or to reach out to others. So mm-hmm. it's, it's enabling opportunities for that transformation to, to become solidified in different ways. And then it's just a matter of, you know, helping the, the masses to see that, to understand that, that that's what this is about. Yeah. It's, it's not about them against us and they're trying to control us. It's about how are we going to bring ourselves together as one unit to move forward through and past this so that we become a better, a better world, a better place to live, better to each other, right? That is what we here on this program are trying to achieve, a new world, uh, new paradigms for a new world. The old paradigms aren't working. They don't work. And, you know, your point is very well taken by me. When you say that uh, uh, when things are stagnant, uh, things the pressure starts to build and build and build until, boom, an explosion. Well, think about the stagnation in this country of the polarization. Now, unfortunately, we're back to polarization again with the uh, want-to-work people and the not-want-to-work people. But... Um, the reality is that something, again, will have to give. And for the longest time, for what? Um, almost, almost four years. Three and a half years in the office plus uh, a year and a half, I think. Yeah, about a year and a half in the campaign. So you tack those two together uh, and you've got about five years. I think Is my math right? Five years? Maybe six? I don't know. Anyway, a long time that we have been dealing with and grappling with the dynamics of the political scene and the governmental scene. And now it's like, okay, what is Eileen going to do? And what is Richard going to do? And what is Bill and Jeanette and Frida and Greg? What are they going to do? Are they going to listen to? The media? Are they going to listen to the government officials? Are they going to listen to the experts from the CDC? Or are they going to go within and listen to that still small voice? And if you don't think that the, that the still small voice doesn't have the answers, think again. It does. The answers for you, not for the world. Not for a nation or a state or a t- city or a town, for you. Am I right or wrong in that uh, statement? And if I am wrong, I'm okay of, to be wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know, I, I, I would not tell someone that they are right or wrong because whatever your belief is about um, who, you know, who you are and, and how you view the world, that is yours. That's what you own. Mm-hmm. Now, the key is, as long as it's uplifting, inspiring, encouraging, empowering, then it's it's going to have forward movement. So as long as what you said has heart, then you're going to experience things to match what you said. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So 
It's to share with others, this is how I feel. Do you agree with me? Now, there'll be some people that say, well, why are you happy? You can't be happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? I, you have to be sad because I'm sad. Exactly. Exactly. Misery loves that, company. I've heard that time and time again over the years. And it's like, well, you can choose to be happy yourself. But because you're not happy doesn't mean you have to pull me down to be unhappy with you. I'll be happy to pull you up and let you walk with me in happiness and joy and mm -hmm. find out and discover how much better that is. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And all it takes is a smile to, to uplift somebody or a touch, something simple. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to read a, a couple of sentences from my um, words of wisdom that's in the back of this book that I contributed to. And I said, by increasing awareness of who I am at my core, I have become bold, stand in my truths, and I teach others how to treat me. Having a strong sense of self and knowing when others are overpowering and are controlling is empowering. Define boundaries and being okay to say no will strengthen the inner voice, build confidence, and increase assertiveness in taking experience in the direction desired. Hmm. That's the one thing that I, I really glean from. Um, years ago, I used to refer to it as my friend. That's how I would refer to that voice I would hear, that impression I would get. And um, it's not that I haven't had a conversation per se as much as I've just allowed myself to be guided. Um, I constantly, and I don't know about you, Eileen, but I constantly, whether I'm optimistic or whether I am starting to lose sleep over pondering over whatever it is I'm not getting, I'm not able to sleep until I resolve the, the situation. You know how us guys are. We're trying to fix stuff all the time. Right. Um, I always go back to that one phrase that I, I um, shared with my wife when we moved to Santa Barbara. And she was afraid because she felt like we were on the edge of a cliff. And I said, well, you got to jump and trust. And the past, the last part, trust. And I just keep telling myself, hey, you've come this far by trusting the universe. I remind her of the same thing. We wouldn't be here if we hadn't trusted the universe to guide us. Uh, I and that really sounds crazy to, I'm sure, a lot of people who don't understand what that means. But we are all connected, aren't we? I mean, you've experienced that interconnectedness, and 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 this, and, and long before COVID nineteen and the coronavirus kicked in, which really reinforced how connected we are. All right, exactly, and and it's the inner compass. So it's that as above, so below, the mirror of the inner and the outer, mm -hmm. and it's that that when we can pause. So think about this individually. If we can pause and, and listen to that voice, what are we doing globally now? We're, we're pausing. We're being asked to listen to that mass voice that's saying, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop the craziness. Stop the stop it. You know, it, it's like there's there's something that's bigger than us that's giving us a big boot and mm -hmm. saying, you know, you've got to to just look at really what's happening what what's the true outcome that that we have created prior to covid that now covid is a a extension of and pushing us through that uncomfortable state to get to where we're, we're being almost forced to to step into yeah. and i've seen a lot of people use that word force but the force is connecting mm -hmm. so 
on LinkedIn, there's this thing called Friendship Bench that was created. And it's people from all over the world. And they get together once a week. And it's only to just connect. Mm. Not for business. Not to try to sell anything to anybody. But truly, truly connect. And these were people that would not connect otherwise. But because of us being forced to withdraw into our private places, our homes, uh, we still have an innate need to connect with others as humans. Mm -hmm. So we, we went searching and seeking through social media to make those connections. So I, I would guarantee you that if you did a survey of people and asked the same question of, you know, how have you emotionally moved through this experience? And you ask people who were glued to the TV and the news and just fear and all of that. And you ask the people who have taken this as an opportunity to really step into recognizing on that bigger scale, you know, what's happening and, and the responsibility that they could take in their own life and moving it forward. Um, you would find two different mindsets, two different thought forms or thinking, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's two different ways of living life. And neither one is right or wrong. It's, it's what people choose. You know, I'm all about choice. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be sad. You can choose to be angry. You can choose to be um, understanding. And through those choices, it's how things um, create in your life. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a lot of fun to get together with folks such as yourself and, and have a conversation about these different subjects and, and try to uh, come to an understanding, uh, a personal understanding of where we are and uh, maybe even where we're going. Uh, and maybe we don't get there, but maybe we, it gives us enough to think about after the, after the conversation is over. We take that over into the corner and we sit there and we ponder it and maybe put it to our friend <laughs> and say, what, what's this mean? You know, for me, how does this play into my life? Maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't play into your life. That's okay. It's still something to consider, but it's also where we learn about other choices. This is what we talk about on this program, choices and knowledge of those choices. And that's what all the other thing we're trying to put forth to people. Um, I mean, I don't want to live like a hermit the rest of my life. I I got out of my first marriage because of that. Um, another story for another time. But eventually there will come a time slowly but surely. And, and I said this, you know, a couple, three, four weeks ago as of this recording. You're not going to flip a switch and everything is going to go back to the way it was. It will never, ever go back to the way it was. And if we try, it will be the biggest mistake we will have ever made in our lives as human beings. It will be a gradual, progressive, moving, kind of like uh, the ebb and flow of the tides. And the tides went out. And it took hundreds of thousands of years for it to go out. And it only took a few weeks for the tides <laughs> to go out here. But the tide will come back in again. And we will be filled and fulfilled. I think that's, uh, that's a hard one for a lot of people to see because they'll say, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're still working, still getting a paycheck. Um, do you talk to people who have lost a lot uh, in, in this process? I mean, I know that you're probably just as much sequestered uh, at home. Uh, and by the way, do you walk out of your house every once in a while? They told us to stay home, not necessarily stay inside. Right. Well, I, like I said, I have that porch. Yeah. So I'm able to experience outside yeah. um, without having to expose myself to yeah. other people. So I'm very fortunate for that. So I'm not, um, yeah. I, I have not felt like I've been sequestered yeah. uh, in a very negative way. And you know, we were still able to go to the grocery store mm -hmm. and, and 
I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay if I have to, for a short period of time, uh, be uh, directed and uh, not directed, that's not the right word, to be, um, to be able to still live my life, but in a way that's going to be for my best interest. And as you said, you know, we will move past this. It's, we're not going to be in this forever. It just there's no there's there's no way that will happen. Mm-mm. And um, the, the pe- opportunity, yes. Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Is it, well, I was just going to say the the people that you have interacted with, and I know that it happens in the grocery stores. I've had interactions with people. We keep our distance as if you know as 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 is needed. Uh, but what about, um, other people? I mean, I'm sure you've got, you can feel the energy coming from them. You can sense where their mind is. Yes. And some people are reserved and I could tell they're a little nervous and, you know, uncertain. Um, and other people, they're taking it in stride. And, uh, I've had, quite a few, you know, make eye contact and like we make that unseen connection, that unspoken connection, not Mm -hmm. unseen, but that unspoken connection of you're human, I'm a human, and we're in this together. Kind of like that compassion. Yeah. um, uh, You know, we're, we're experiencing this and it's going to be okay. So I have not experienced any of the like, uh, really negative aspects. I haven't put myself in in a position to have that experience. As we come close to the uh, conclusion of this program with Eileen Build, tell us about the other work that you're doing. Obviously, you're a writer. Uh, what are some of the other things that you are doing? Uh, not only in the in this time in this pause that you, as you describe it, uh, but even before the pause, <laughs> what, what are the, what is the work that best, uh, shall we say, uh, defines, not that you are your work, but I think you know where I'm going with this, uh, the work that sort of defines uh, the, Eileen I, I Bill's life. <laughs> so my foundation has become uh, core thinking all about the core. As I mentioned earlier in the show, how many people really live authentically? And so my work is with the Core Thinking Blueprint program that I I created. And it really helps, it helps somebody to get to a place where when there's conflict, contrast, challenges in life, they, they can move through it with ease. And so I'm, I work with clients in helping them to have clarity, confidence, and, and success. And then my husband and I started uh, right before COVID, <laughs> a uh, Roku channel called Nob TV, K-N-O-B TV. And that stands for Knowledge, Notice, Observe, Become. It's a variety channel. You can find it on Roku. And we have everything from music to personal development. We're, we're getting movies on there, uh, podcasts, radio, documentaries. We're, we're starting to do uh, video book reviews or book uh, spotlighting books. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all kinds of great content. And it's all positive, um, uh, inspiring, and uh, you know, creative arts is on there. So we're spotlighting artists of different genres and different things so it's just a great place to go and hang out and and learn about people all over the world we have people contributing from all over the world and people you may not otherwise find out about Hmm. so that that's really fun it's it's been fun and made awesome connections and um and then of course i write for the not tv i have a uh, instagram account that people can follow if they like and that's eileen dot build on the more business side i'm on the linkedin eileen build 
And I do have my column on bizcatalyst360.com, uh, Core Thinking for High Achievers. Hmm. I understand you're going to be featuring a, a few of uh, the interviews from Tell Me Your Story. Absolutely. Yes, you are going to be on Knob TV. Looking forward to that. That'll be exciting. I'll uh, look forward to seeing that uh, in the uh, coming weeks and months. And uh, uh, who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll send this off to you, too, to put up there if, uh, if that's appropriate to do so. But we thank you so much for uh, the time. Uh, th- uh, again, I'll say it again, the patience <laughs> of working with the technologies. We finally got it working. Everything went smoothly. That's the beautiful thing. And um, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's quite honestly, it is one of the most extraordinary experiences that I can honestly say I've been a part of. <clears throat> I've had certain moments in my career when we did what I would refer to as real radio. What I mean by that is that we had to do something out of the normal cycle of things, the normal process of things in order to continue to broadcast on the radio, uh, on terrestrial radio. And we're doing that now. Um, We have a locked door, closed door, locked door policy right now where only employees can come into the building. No no, uh, programmers, no advertisers. Now, the beauty of it is this used to be an old dentist office, and you know how they have that door off to the side that closes uh, next to the receptionist desk? Right. That's locked. Front door is unlocked so the mailman and other delivery people can drop off packages. They can't come into the rest of the building, and, uh, and it works out just fine. And uh, I'm in the process now, of course, of uh, using this technology to eventually do most of, uh, most of my work from home. It's entirely possible, and it's quite incredible that we've come that far where a radio station can continue to run and be run remotely uh, from other locations literally anywhere in the world. And that's just astounding. And uh, so technology is is a blessing and sometimes just a pain in the ass, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's what we have to work with. I can't. It's one of those situations. I can't go back. I'd love to bring back cart decks and reel-to-reels and turntables and, you know, and tube-type uh, uh, solid-state or tube-type uh, tr- uh, uh, consoles and transmitters, but it's not going to happen. It is no. not going to happen. Uh, and so we need to move forward. We need to continue to transform, uh, to evolve. I know that's a dirty word to some people, but it's what we do, isn't it? It's what we do. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and it, it brings out the creativity. So think about how many people have become creative. And and right. I know someone that uh, their dance studio had to shut the door. And so he moved it online and, and they love it. The kids love it because they're not bored. Yeah. And they're actually training just as hard doing online. And he's being creative in, in doing all these different um, videos for the kids and the kids participating. And it's just, you know, it, it, again, it's opportunity. Opportunity is there. Yeah, it really is. If you want to step into it. Back at the turn of the 19th to the 20th centuries, uh, you heard coming off the lips of the people going through Ellis Island that this was the land of opportunity. Yes. They were coming here from other places around the world. So how much more of an opportunity to do those of us who already were born and raised here have we even we have even a greater opportunity because we're already here we don't have right. to make the move and yeah it's got its problems sure but i've said this before and i'll continue to say this uh that yes we're looking for those new ways of living and that's not to say that where we live is a terrible awful icky we got to get the heck out of here place no 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 we have to have gratitude We've got to have gratitude for what we do have, for where we do live, for who we live with and around, and the experiences that we're having. And there is absolutely room for improvement, always. That's just because that's what we will look around and say, you know, I think I want it to go to the left instead of to the right or up instead of down. Great. Go for it. Let's see how that works. 
It may work fantastic, and yet you may find out, eh, not so much. I'm going to put it back the way it was and think about it again tomorrow. Opportunities abound, and I thank you for the opportunity of talking with you today. You're welcome. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's stay safe and stay healthy, and uh, we will talk again. Absolutely. Website where people can go to find out more about you www.corethinkingblueprint.com. Excellent. And it is Eileen Build, B-I-L-D. No, there's no U in there, uh, but uh, she is building some great stuff, and we encourage you to find out more by going to her website. We'll be linked to it as well. I'm Richard Dugan, and this has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. They'll make your dreams come true. Until our next (laughs) broadcast podcast, love to law.